Good morning, everybody. So wonderful to be able to share with you again. Uh, if you are new with us this morning, or if perhaps you're watching online for the first time, my name is Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre. want to welcome you as well and trust that uh, as we've been worshipping, as we've been praying, you've sensed the Lord's Spirit. You've sensed an encouragement uh, inside of you as we gather together as his children and proclaim and lift his name on high. Amen. What a wonderful privilege it is. And it's a privilege now for me to be able to uh, share with you. Uh, I'm in the, the middle of a, a series. We're talking about building a long-lasting faith. Who here wants their faith to be long-lasting, to be dependable, to be strong, to be firm uh, until the end, uh, rather than something that is perhaps on shaky ground uh, and, and able to simply fall over? Uh, in, in an instant. No, we want our, our, our long-lasting faith. And really this series is about spiritual growth. I probably should have had a different sermon title <laughs> halfway through writing it. I was like, it should have been about spiritual growth, really, because we are all called to continue in our salvation, to work out our salvation, to be growing uh, on every day. In fact, I was, I was thinking about this and, and Paul talked about, you know, spirit in Corinthians giving spiritual milk because they weren't ready for solid food. There's this idea that as we come to faith, we're, we're infants in the faith in a way, but there's this calling to grow and to continue to grow. And that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning. And last week I talked about two principles that guide spiritual growth. Uh, that, that undergird all of our understanding of spiritual growth. First thing is your spiritual growth has nothing to do with your spiritual age. Your physical age, sorry. And Charles, Charles Spurgeon said there were uh, infants in his church that were 70 years old. <laughs> what he was saying is that it doesn't matter about how old you are, your, your physical age, thank you, uh, your spiritual age. So a young person can be more spiritually mature than an older person. So your spiritual, spiritual growth has nothing to do with your physical age. And in the same way, you can grow spiritually as much as you want to. As much as you desire, as much as you have in your heart the, the want to grow, you can grow. Um, Rick Warren once said, no one grows spiritually accidentally. It's always intentional. So there is an intention behind our desire to grow spiritually. And last week I, I showed this picture talking about the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you know, built on marshy land. That's what Pisa stands for, uh, in, interpreted. It's marshy land. And the builders should have known uh, that it needed a much stronger foundation. And, of course, we have the foundation of Christ. Uh, he is a solid rock upon which we stand, that salvation is secure that is firm, that is strong, and people have been praying about that this morning. But on, on that faith, we're called to build, to, to grow, and, and, to, and, and to add to that. And that's what we've been, been talking about last week. And rather than the leaning pet tower of Pisa, do you know that it's going to fall? It's inevitable. They've, they've done some structural work to try and hold it in place, but eventually it will topple and fall over. And we don't want our faith to be like a toppling, falling over tower, but to be strong and firm. And so last week, just quickly, we were looking at um, 
2 Peter chapter 1. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to open that ready, we're going to be reading through that in a sec. But just to recap from last week, and if you want to, uh, if you weren't here and you want to look at that, um, head to our podcast. You can, you can hear it there. But first of all, we need the right investor. We're talking about building. Uh, we're using this passage of scripture to think about building our faith and thinking about a building program. We always need the right investor. Uh, someone who, uh, we talked about has given us everything. It says in the scriptures, given us everything that we need to, to live this life of faith. And the right investor has power and he has promises. And the promises that he have are backed up with the power. And that power is the spirit of God that is in you. And he has promised many great things for you in your life as you spiritually grow. And I talked about how the promises are a bit like writing the check. They're only as good as the money in the bank, which is the power to actually make the check available for you. So we need the right investor. And there are many investors out there who promise the world to you. There are many ways of uh, going about your life, to building your life, that so-called investors say that they've got your back, they, they promise you, but they don't have the power to back up those promises. Those are empty promises. So we can go after all sorts of promises in our lives, but unless it's the, the, the God's promises that he has. And then secondly, we need to follow the building code. This is, this is our uh, cooperation with God's operation. Uh, this is where we come in, where, where Peter says we add to our faith. Now, as I said last week, I grew up in a, in a theological sort of training world where it says anything that we do, we've got to question because we've been saved by grace. It's all about the finished work on the cross and what he has done for us. And so whenever I, I, I get or hear anyone sort of say, well, now it's up to you to do something, I sort of cringe a bit. But here in Scripture and in other parts of Scripture, James, for example, faith without works is dead. Or Paul, when he talks about um, beating himself like a boxer or, or being an athlete, running the race with endurance to finish. Or here, Peter talks about adding to our faith. So it's it's that the faith is a given. It's 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 solid. It's firm. It's it's what uh, he's been given to us. But here he talks about adding to our faith. And I talked about a building code. There's there's the code here in Peter, but there's other passages of scripture as as we talk about building a life of faith and adding uh, to it. And that's that maturing. That's that growing in our lives. So let's just. Um, Read the passage again and just familiarise ourselves with the whole passage and then we're going to go into the next two points that I want to look at this week. So uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. You have received a faith as precious as the Apostle Peter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. His divine power, that's that investment in you, the Spirit of God has been given. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises 
so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You participate in it. You have a part to play, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort, be diligent, work hard to add to your faith. Goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance. And I said last week, I'm glad that the kids are learning about perseverance at the moment. I think out of this whole list, the fact that this is in the middle of the list is apt. (laughs) If we ever uh, interview the great men and women of faith and you ask them, how is it that they've sort of lived their lives, they will always say perseverance. There have been times in their lives where it's been hard, they've wanted to give up, but they've just gone on, they've just kept going, they've just kept walking the faith, even when they haven't felt like it. So add to your faith perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. There it is again. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will have a long, lasting, firm tower of faith. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So we need the right investor. We need to follow the building code. And thirdly, We need to build with growth in mind. We have to have a growth mindset. It's not that we receive our faith and we look at a list or we look at some things that the Lord's promising in our lives and we go uh, like a shopping list. Well, maybe I'll have that one. I'll leave out the Um, (laughs) self-control. I'll take some perseverance. Oh, godliness, I like that. Brotherly love, nah, I, I don't like the person next to me. It's not a shopping list. Uh, we're here we have to have this idea of, of growing uh, with growth in mind in order that we keep adding and keep growing in order that we keep knowing and that we keep growing. So the more we know about God and, and his word for us, the more we grow. And then the more we grow, the more we know. And then the more we know, the more we grow. And then the more we grow, you get the idea. So it, it's not that I'm going to receive my faith and I'm going to grow to a certain point and I'm going to stop. I've made it. I plateau. I'm done. I know all that there is to know. There are people, I'm sure, in this room, in your faith right now where you've plateaued. You remember a time perhaps in your younger years that you were, you were full on in faith, you were learning, you were growing, you were maturing, you were spiritually on fire, and then there's, a, then there's just this plateauing, this point where you've come and where you're ceasing to grow. So we've got to, to build our life of faith with a growth mindset that we're not going to plateau, we're not going to stop. Friends, there is always more. There is always more for you. Whether you're 70 or whether you're 7, there is always more to know in, in the Lord. So look at verse 8. 
For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, as you increase these things, I love the way the NLT puts it, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be. Can you see that? The more you grow, the more useful and productive you'll be, it says, in the knowledge of, of Christ. And then the more you know Christ, the more you grow. So we've got to have this growth mindset. The word there, increasing measure, it can be interpreted, uh, you might have a different interpretation. It might say abound. Abound means to overflow, to keep giving, to keep flowing. There is a um, house in America called the Winchester Mystery House. Now, I don't know if you've, you've come across this in your, your travels or you've heard about it. Uh, it, was, it was made by Sarah Winchester of the Winchester rifle fame, if you know your, your rifles. So obviously she had some wealth. And she built this home, and you can see the, the front of it there. But what's interesting about the Winchester Mystery House is what's behind it. Because um, she, she went to go see psychics and mediums. She wasn't a Christian. And there was this one uh, psychic who said to her, if you keep adding to your house, you'll never die. And she believed in that word that was spoken over her. So if you look at the back of this house, you can see where the start of the, the house began. And she believed in this word so much that she just kept adding and kept adding, and I've got a, th- a 3D sort of model here. So add another wing, add another bedroom, add another <laughs> whatever. Now, unfortunately, she died. So that word was obviously not true. <laughs> I don't think anyone can escape death. Jesus was the only one who was raised to life, and he's promising us eternal life in him if we believe in him. But here's the thing. It's a picture, if you like, of what Peter, in a good way, is talking about, of continuing to add, continuing to grow, continuing to expand, continuing to add and grow in our faith. As you grow in increasing measure, the more you grow like this, the more you'll be useful. So if I want my faith to be long-lasting, to be firm and strong, I do these things knowing that I grow I expand, and as I continue to grow, I continue to, grant, to, to expand, and it keeps me from stumbling. So when you build with growth in mind, it is also productive. See here in verse 8, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, as you grow, they will keep you from being ineffective or unproductive in your knowledge. And again, the NLT says... Um, the more you grow, the more productive you will be. That word could be ineffective there, could be interpreted barren or idle. Ever had a a photocopier or something on your your computer that says that it's idle? (laughs) It's not functioning. It's It's not ready to work. That's what Peter here is saying. Now, I've got lots of things at home in my garage that have stopped working. You might have some things in your garage or shed that have stopped working, but you like the thing and one day you're going to get around to fixing it. Uh, who's with me there? Uh, you've got lots of things, but here's the thing. The, 
the item is unproductive. It's not working. It's barren. It's idle. And this is the picture that uh, Peter is, is saying. Sure, you have a faith, but the faith is inactive. You believe, but it doesn't transform. You believe, but it doesn't transform. Well, as you grow, it stops that inactivity from happening. You believe in the promise, you believe in the purposes God has for you, and you build and you exert, and you're diligent in being transformed in order to be productive, to be fruitful in your life. And so that's what it says. The more you grow like this, the more productive or fruitful you'll be. Now, Jesus and, and New Testament particularly talks a lot about being fruitful, doesn't it? Uh, we, can talk, we can talk about many verses. Um, I love the picture of the vine and the branches where Jesus says, as you abide in me, as, as, as you join to me, as you receive the life-flowing spirit, you become productive and you grow and you're able to be fruitful. And then at the end of your branches are the fruit that blesses others. I think part of being fruitful is not just for ourselves, but in order to bless those around us. And that's, again, what Peter is talking about here. The life of Christ, his divine power, is in you and flowing in you and it abounds in increasing measure. It overflows to those around you. That's being fruitful. That's being productive. You know, basically, there are three different types of faith, and they all start with F so that you can remember them. There is a faulty faith. There is a faith that says, I believe in God, and leaves it at that. You know, it says in James that even the devil believes in God. So if, if that's your faith, you believe in God and that's it, full stop, you're, you're in the company of, uh, of, of the devil and, his, and his, his men, that's a faulty faith, just leaving it at believing in God. Then there's a firm faith. There is a firm faith we, that is built on the firm foundation of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You have been justified by faith. You are saved. That is a firm faith. And that is a faith that Peter talks about here and Paul in, in other places. That is firm. But there is a third faith. I want to, to say that there is a third faith, and that is a flowing faith, a faith that is outworked, a faith that is productive, a faith that is fruitful. It's firm. It believes in all those things. It receives the life of Christ, but it abides in him and it expands and it grows and it becomes productive and it becomes fruitful so that others benefit from the fruit. Now, we can be fruitful and productive in many areas of our lives and we could be proud perhaps of some of the, the productive ways and fruitful ways that we have in our lives. That might fit in perhaps with someone who has a firm faith and I've reached my plateau, I've got what I've got and that's it and I'm going to leave it at that. And then they become fruitful and productive in other things. 
perhaps in in building uh, earthly treasures or um, whatever it may be. Our productiveness and fruitfulness is in order to bless others, not ourselves. And so then Peter goes on to say in verse 9, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Have you ever seen a young child or remember perhaps yourself ever watching a scary TV show or, or movie? I remember when I was a kid I did the whole blinker thing. You've seen kids do that and whenever something comes on they quickly quickly close it or, or they squint. Um, whenever you sometimes turn on the TV and it's on one of those medical things where someone's doing a medical procedure and you're like, oh, <laughs> No, maybe that's just me. Um, but but he's squinting. You're like, well, I don't, I don't really want to see that. This is kind of like a picture of what, what Peter's painting here is someone who's squinting, someone who's nearsighted, someone who can't see the whole picture. And if you're walking along the road of life and you're squinting, you can't see everything around you, you're going to stumble and fall. But someone who is ever-growing, someone who is ever-expanding, someone who is not idle, someone who hasn't plateaued, is they can see, because their eyes are open, where they've come from, but they can also see the path ahead where God is calling them to in their spiritual growth. That's having growth in mind. The fourth thing, so we build with growth in mind, and the fourth thing is we plan for the move. Now, in all of the building in our faith that we're doing now is ultimately for the next place that we're going to be in. We have some friends who are doing a renovation at the moment. They've got some property in Mylor and they've got five kids and they've moved into a shed and they share the same space to sleep in, to cook, to eat, to whatever (laughs) in a shed. And it's gone on for longer than they had planned but the end is in sight the renovation is is almost complete and they're starting to move in and there's this joy there's this anticipation this expectation of getting out of the shed and moving into the home that that, that they've built all that effort all that hard work all of that all those nights hearing every child snore is all going to be in order for the next move in order for the next place that they're going to be in. Verse 11 says, And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. That's where you're going. That's your next move. So build your life of faith with that move in mind. And in the same way that you might feel like you're in a shed, Right now, it might feel difficult. You might feel like not persevering. You might feel like not loving your brother. Keep going because it's going to be for the next move and it's going to be worth it. There is going to be a rich welcome. I know in your translation, you might have grand entrance or abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. Now, the Greeks used this term to describe an Olympic athlete that won the Olympics and then they went back to their hometown and a crowd would gather. You know, today we'd call it a ticker tape parade. And the crowd would cheer and and welcome the, the football team or the Olympic 
swimmer or whatever and celebrate the fact that they'd won. That's the picture here that we have that Peter writes about, that you receive a grand entrance, a rich welcome. There was once a man called Robert Manry. I don't know if you've heard about his story. He decided to sail the Atlantic Ocean from America to England. And that journey has been done before. There's nothing really special about that. What's special about this particular journey is the boat in which he did it. He called it Tinkerbell. The boat, you can't really see it there, so I've got another picture here, was 13 foot long. Now, some of you old school surfers, that's a Malibu surfboard length. So it's a toy boat, really. Can you imagine sailing the Atlantic Ocean in a boat that size? No. (laughs) Well, this man set off and and tried to, to do it. It took him, this was in 1965 as well, it took him 78 days. And for many of those days and for many of those nights, he was scared and he would fall overboard and he'd tie himself to the, to the boat in the stormy seas. He said there were times where he was unable to sleep because he was in big shipping lanes. And he says in this tiny boat, he's going to get run over by these massive ships. So he was unable to actually fall asleep for, through fear. He needed to stay awake. So days and days on end, exhausted, tired, discouraged, he felt. But then he writes that as he was nearing England, on the shores of England, he wasn't expecting this, but as he neared the shores, boats were there to welcome him, full of people cheering him on. Planes were flying overhead. In fact, 300 boats were there to welcome him uh, and 40,000 people turned up to watch him reach the shores of England. I've got another shot here which is absolutely amazing. The little circle there is Tinkerbell and that's the crowd and the boats cheering him on, welcoming him home. Well done, you made it, you did so well. He writes in his book that he was so discouraged and tired and as he was nearing England, all he wanted was a shower and to sleep for two weeks. <laughs> that was all he was thinking about. But as he, as he received this welcome, those feelings just drifted away. He said it felt so good to be welcomed and to be cheered on. Friends, when you receive your crown of glory, you'll never regret the hours spent making a difference spent wanting to grow spiritually in Bible study, in prayer, in coming to church, in helping others grow, in serving the Lord. You might regret some other things, but you'll never regret those things. And it will feel so good to receive a rich welcome. So we build with that move in mind, a grand entrance, a rich welcome. We build towards an everlasting kingdom not towards something that is not everlasting. You know, if you have faith, you will enter the kingdom. That is, Jesus said, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. 
But did you know that, have you ever thought about the fact that some will get a grander entrance than others? It says in Corinthians, Paul says, anyone who builds on that foundation that we're talking about, the foundation of Christ, and here it is again, we're building on that foundation. We're not just plateauing, we're not just settled, we're, we're building on that foundation. May use a variety of materials. And then on in, in verse 13, but on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Isn't that interesting? The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a great grand entrance, great reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. (laughs) Don't you love that description? I just think of Indiana Jones and, you know, the booby-trapped door is coming down and he's he's, he's running and he just dives through and at the last minute, I just made it. That's what Paul's describing here. There are those who are going to have a grand welcome and those who are going to, <laughs> I just made it. You will be saved. That is certain. So when we build with the, the next move in mind, we're thinking about uh, what we have. The gains of heaven will be more than will more than compensate for the losses of this life. Isn't that true? Jesus himself talked about this concept in Matthew. Don't store up treasures on here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. I think we can invert that statement and ask ourselves where our desires are. If we close our eyes and if we have enough time to think, what does our mind drift off to? Is it building our earthly castles, building towards perhaps lining someone else's pockets? I mean, that's what a lot of... People spend their lives doing, don't they? Toil, stress, years and years. But it's not only building your own treasure, but it's building someone else's treasure. Where the desires of your heart will be, there your treasure will be also. Do you want a long-lasting faith? You'll put your hands up at the start. Do you want to make a difference? Then check the desires of your heart. Have the right investor. Follow the building code. Have a growth mindset. And build for the next life that is to come. Can I invite the musicians up? Um, I don't know where you're at this morning. And what the Lord's been perhaps speaking to you, my prayer is that there'd just be one thing perhaps to take home this morning. But my 
charge, I guess, to you is that there is more. That the Lord wants you to expand. He wants you to grow. He wants you to add to your faith in order that your faith might be long-lasting and endure the hardships of this life. To persevere. To keep going. You might have come in this morning and thought, well, maybe I do feel like I've plateaued. Maybe I feel like I've, I've reached a wall. There are promises for you. There are things for your life that God has for you. There is more. And he, his desire is for you to work at them. So can we stand? And I'm going to read this passage of Scripture again. And then we're going to sing a song that speaks about the fact that it is Christ that is in us that is able to do imaginally more than we can ever ask or imagine. So let's stand. And Beck's going to start to play the song. And I want to, I want to read through these, this passage just for a second time. I'm going to read from the NLT, the New Living Translation. And as I read... Have an open heart. What is the Lord calling you to? What is He eagerly encouraging you to grow in? This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who share the same precious faith that we have. This faith was given to you not because of your own strength, not because of your own efforts but because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Saviour. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live, for a, live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of marvellous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. The Lord has given you promises, friends. And these are promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of this, make every effort, be diligent, hardworking to respond to God's promises. What he's saying to you this morning, respond. Supplement, add to your faith with generous provision, moral excellence and to moral excellence, knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control, patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, friends, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. They've plateaued. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will have a long-lasting, firm, strong faith. You will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance, a rich welcome 
into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can sit under your promises. We thank you that your divine power is at work in this place. We thank you that you promise more for each and every person here, more to know, more to grow in, more to experience, more to understand. And Lord, as you speak to us now, as we sing, as we declare your your divine power is at work, may we be open to your sweet voice calling us on to be working hard, to be diligent in persevering, in not being blinded, but to walking in strong, steadfast perseverance in the faith that we might receive that eternal kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing. Father, be with us this week as we work out the salvation that you've won for us on the cross, the victory that you've earned for us. Father, help us to remember that it is all grace and that it is you, just as we've been singing, that gives us the power, the energy, the reason for all that we do in this earthly life. Father, help us to make it count. We pray that this life would be, this life and this week would be filled with your power and your strength, that we wouldn't be striving in our own energy, in our own weakness. When we come to you, you are strong, dependable, and you promise to carry us through to the end. And we thank you for that. The memory verse for the primary program is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And um, I wasn't here last week and I didn't know Sam was preaching on this this week. <laughs> so I'm going to bring that, I read that out loud to you and you'll see how well it fits. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that's in heaven and also here on earth, one another in this community, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and he's there ready and waiting for us. What a beautiful promise. What a wonderful thought to go into this week with. I encourage you, if you're joining us from home, 
and you would like prayer for healing, you'd like prayer for support, for decisions you're making in your life, to contact somebody with their mobile number you'll see on your screen, we would love to meet with you. We would love to pray with you over the phone, send through a message, and um, please know that we'll get back to you. And for all of us here, let's go into this week with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In ourselves, we can do nothing, and in him we can do everything. So let's make that exchange here, and as we go forth, know that he is with us and he loves us and cares for us so much. Be blessed. Thank you, Sam, and pray that you have a wonderful week.